Is everyone sitting comfortably? Not too comfortably. <laughs> God, I'll tell you what's hot in here. Is it just me? It... Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, it's good to see you. See every, everybody. Amen. Um, I thank God that, you know, um, when the kind of meeting is starting, um, Alan and uh, Andrew was kind of touching on, on faith, and it's been something that I've been thinking about, um, meditating on, on and off over the last week or so. Um, I'm not sure exactly where we're going to go, but Father, I pray in Jesus' name you take control of this meeting by your Holy Spirit. Father God, we come just to hear your voice and hear, hear what you have to say to your church, Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray, take charge over this meeting. In Jesus' name, we want to hear what you have to say. Meet with every individual, Lord, accordingly to your goodwill and pleasure. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, in the book of Genesis, it says that, you know, it, God said to Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that, um, that God spoke to Abraham because, you know, God is our shield. And we just sung it there. He is our shield. He is our protector. And he is our defense. Amen. Um, I want to start in Psalm 91 because I believe there's something significant for you today. The Word of God is very personal. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of something, it's, it, he, he personalizes it to you. It's almost like God tailors things just for you, like a suit. You know, you go and see a tailor, he cuts the size and everything, and he measures you up and everything, and he fits you. But God's got something that's fitted just for you. Amen? And you know when that's the work of the Holy Spirit because God personalises. God works on an individual basis. He works collectively, corporately, together as the body of Christ, but he, he gets people on an individual basis. Amen? Um, I remember when I, was, I, I first came into church, it was a long time ago. Um, well, I'd been there when I was younger. I, was, I, I went there when I was... Um, uh, I used to go to a Sunday school. I used to go to a Baptist church, a Sunday school Baptist church, and uh, I wasn't there that long. Well, it was only when I was growing up. I was there till I was about ten, um, maybe a bit younger, because it was Sunday school. But we we entered. We, we used to go to these groups and stuff like that when I was I got a little bit older. Um, but I remember I remember going. You know, when I first came into church, when I was older, I was in my twenties, and I stepped into a church, and uh, I remember the Lord. The Lord was clearly communicating to me, and and it was. It was something that I can't, I can't explain to you how, 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 he, how he, he just connected with me. That's all I can say. God just connected with me. And it was the work of the Holy Spirit. God, God was communicating directly to me. And it was, yeah. it was freaking me out. I was just like standing there thinking, what on earth's going on? But I just, I, was, I just knew it was God. So often when you think, well, is this God? Is that not God? Sometimes that could be yourself. It might not be. But the times when God has really spoke to me, it's been obvious. That's what I'm saying to you. I used to have a fear when I was a new Christian that I might miss the word of the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I, am I going to miss it easily? Am I just going to blink? Oh, yeah, I missed it. I don't think it's like that now. I've changed in my understanding of how God speaks. If God's going to say something to you, he's going to let you know, clear. Amen? It's going to be like a signpost. You can just read it. Wow, I've got it. It's not that you're going to blink your eyes and suddenly you're going to miss it. It's not like that. He's, he's not harsh in that way. He's not hard. 
He understands us. He knows how to get our attention. He knows how to communicate to his children. He's our father, isn't he? Amen. That's what he does best. You know, my dad knew how to get my attention (laughs) when I was little. God knows how to get your attention. So you're not just going to easily just miss it. You're not going to miss it. You know, because you're here, your heart's open, you want to come to hear the word of the Lord, you want to hear, you know, get close to God, then you're going to get it. That's as simple as it is, amen? But let's go, because some of you guys have been speaking about faith, well, Alan and Andrew were talking about, just touching on a little bit about faith. And faith is very important, because we, can't, we can easily misunderstand faith. We can easily fall into this thing, what we, we regard as mental assent, which is an intellectualised thing, which is something that you believe, but it's just, it's just intellectually, it's intellectually believing something. But we want to we understand, like, you know, the, the activation of faith. And I think this is important here in Psalm 91. And I want to, this is, this is David expressing his heart and his faith at the beginning. Let's look at this just for a second. It's in Psalm 91. Um, let's start from the top, verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Now look at verse 2. Now verse 2 is important for the rest of the psalm. It says, I will say of the Lord... Okay, now this is important. There's an emphasis, I believe, right here. I will say. This is David's faith now. This is what David is saying. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Yeah? My God, in him whom I trust, I will trust. In him I will trust. So... This is David's um, experience, as, as to speak. It's his expression of his heart, his expression of his faith. This is what David believes. And, you, you know, we carry on reading because the rest of it says, Surely he shall deliver you. Now, now it changes slightly here. It starts, it starts off that he's like almost speaking as a third party as he's writing. And now he goes into a confession, you see in verse 2. And then in verse 3, it, go, it says, Surely he shall deliver you. From the snare of the fowler. And we'll read on a little bit. So do you understand the difference, you see? But your faith has to be personal. It has to be in a personal experience. You can't live on someone else's faith. You can't live on another preacher's faith. You have to live that faith that God has given you personally. Amen? And the way that happens, and this is important, because I want to make some, I want, I want this to be helpful to you today, this morning. I want it to be helpful. It's not just about coming here, hearing a nice sermon and hearing nice preaching on whatever it is. Do you see what I mean? So if you've come for that, some people come to that. They like to hear nice things. But I want this to be practical for you. I want you to make your confession real. And that's how you make your faith active. So it's not flat. You know, sometimes the Bible talks about, we'll look at that in a minute, we're looking um, um, Ephesians 6 talks about the shield of faith. Now, it is possible for a Christian to lower their shield. Yeah? Well, you want to raise your shield. And the way you raise your shield is by your confession of your faith. Yeah? Your confession is you raising your shield. It is your safety. Your faith will protect you. Amen? Your faith will protect you. It is your shield. It's your protection. And some of you don't realise that we always think of faith as an action, and it is an action, as James said. It's an action. It's an action, but it's also a confession. It's what you believe in your heart and what you confess out of your mouth that counts. It's really important to keep a healthy confession. 
to speak well. To believe in your heart and to speak well. Amen? It's your confession. It keeps you and it also protects you. Your faith will protect you. So here's David saying, he's expressing his heart. He's saying, I will say. Now it's important. I will say. Now are you saying? Let's make it personal. Can you say that about your own life? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. Let's just say it together. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. Good? That's good. Let's go on. Verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Amen. Now, it's important to have this truth in us. It's really important. And I think that sometimes I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christian casualties and a lot of them, I think, sometimes are very needless, you see. I think often we have this kind of thing, this culture in the church where people will rush to ask people for prayer, but they don't know how to defend themselves. And I think it's an issue sometimes. We must learn how to defend yourself. And then you won't just run to prayer all the time. You just learn to stand for what's true. It says his truth. Amen? His truth shall be your, what, shield? Yeah? And your buckler. So his truth will defend you. Is that, is that quite clear? I'm, I'm reading in context here, yeah? He shall cover you, this is verse 4, he'll cover, I'm going back a bit, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. You see, the word of God has to be applied. It, and the way it's applied is by faith. You have to realise what is true and which is error. You have to. As a new Christian, I had to learn some really harsh lessons. Because, you know, I, I, I kind of loved, loved the experience of God. I knew God was real. But I never knew the importance of what it was to know what is true and what is not. It's truth. That's how you start to defend yourself. But it's faith which is the application of that truth. It's what you believe and what you confess. You confess that truth and you put your shield up and then you can defend yourself. Amen? Is this making sense this morning? Amen. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays by waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look, and you shall see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against stone. You shall tread on the lion and the cobra, and the lion, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I, I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Now, now it's almost like from God's perspective. 
Are we reading this the same? Now it's from God's perspective, you know what I mean? I will deliver him and I will honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. So it's, this is an interesting psalm because I've never seen it like this before. At first we see almost uh, David is describing something and then he's making it a personal confession. And then he continues and he's almost like explaining this truth to us. He's explaining all the benefits of, of God almost like fortifying our lives, strengthening our lives, making us strong. He is my strength. He is my fortress. Amen. If you could ever find any strength, there's no, no, there's no other person that's stronger than Jesus Christ. He is your fortress. He is your strength. In him I take refuge. In him there is a safety. There's a safe place. There's a safe place. There's a wonderful safe place. Amen. So we, we, we have to have we have to have this in reality. This is what I'm saying to you. We have to have this in reality. We have to make this confession. We have to believe. We have to believe this is important. And we raise, start to raise the shield, as I'm talking about. Let's just go to Ephesians 6, just quickly. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Because it's really important, this, 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 whole, this whole issue of, of faith and, uh, and God's protection over us. Because God has given us all his protection in his word. We've just read through Psalms. This is God's word and it's, it's his protection. It's his protection for us, for us. Isn't it? Amen. This is our protection. Um, but if we read, if we read the, the, from, let's go, let's go Ephesians 6. Let's go Ephesians 6 and we're, um, we'll start from 10, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not in yourselves, be strong in the Lord. This is where this all starts. Be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might, of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in wicked places, and heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded up your waist with truth, having put on the whole breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, now look, verse 16, I never realised this before. I read this differently this morning. It says, taking the shield of faith. Never noticed that before. Above all, above all. Why is it above all? Because in, in that time, in, you know, with the Romans, Paul was probably under guard many times, wasn't he? You know, think he was in prison, you know? And he must have observed Roman armour. And when you think about the Roman shields, if you've seen them, they're large kind of oblong, big shields. They used to cover virtually the whole person and so it would protect the whole the whole soldier it says above all taking the shield of what faith faith is your protection this is what i'm saying to you today faith is your means of defense amen you know the rest of the armor let's just go on above all taking the shield of faith 
with which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Right, let's just leave it there. I mean, there's so much you can say about all of these. So please forgive me if I don't touch on it all because I don't intend to. (laughs) Because there's a lot there. But what I'm saying to you is, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, protect the vital parts of you. Okay? I'll give you a quick rundown. This is not super... I've heard Christians explain this like superstition. You know, this morning I'm going to put this on, I'm going to put this on. Like, it's like some sort of superstitious ritual. But it's not like that. When it talks about the helmet of salvation, it's actually saying to him, it's saying to you, think that you're saved and it will protect your mind. Think saved. The helmet of salvation. You put it on by faith. It's what you think. You think that you're saved. Salvation. Protects your mind. Amen? Your breastplate of righteousness protects your vital organs. You're righteous before God. Your heart. Everything else. It's what we have in Jesus. This is what we're talking about. Okay. But here, it says about the, um, above all, taking the what? The shield of faith. Amen? So the, 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 the armour offers a level of protection. The armour offers a level of protection. But if the Roman uh, army officer, or wherever he was, lost his shield, he wouldn't stand much longer. You see, he would have all the other parts on him, but his faith was not up. Then he'd be exposed and he'd be taken out. You see? So when I'm talking about these things, this is your safety as a Christian. And it's so important because many, you know, we have many casualties as Christians. And we have many people that just try, it's like, if, you know, if you could just pray for me again, is it the same thing? If you could pray for me again. And I don't want you to hear me the wrong way because prayer is effective and we pray. I don't want you to say, oh, we don't pray. We pray. We pray without ceasing. We believe. We pray for the sick. I believe in the power of God. But I also believe that the Christian needs to be equipped to defend themselves appropriately. Are you hearing me, what I'm hearing here? And I think so many people take shots what they don't need to take because they've never really applied what they've believed by faith. And I believe it's through confession in your heart, what you believe in your heart, and what you confess with your mouth. Like Paul said, that you're saved, but it goes on in the Christian life. It doesn't just cease. It continues. We must be careful what we believe in our mind. We must be careful what comes into our heart. It protects us, these truths. The righteousness of God protects me. And the salvation of God protects my mind. If I start questioning my salvation, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It keeps my mind safe. Is that, is that clear? Yeah? It's good? So we must keep our faith up. We must keep our faith. We're not to have it down here. We must keep it. And Alan was saying it today. He was saying about, you know, we must come believing that God is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is. I can testify that. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is my reward. That's what Abraham said. God was Abraham's reward. It w- God was Abraham's shield. And God is your shield. He will protect you. If we go back to Psalm, Psalm 91, it says, I love this heading. This heading is at the top of my Bible. You may not have this, but this is a wonderful heading. It says, The safety of abiding 
in the presence of God. Safety. There's safety. Sometimes it's almost like we want, we, we, we'll be asking, we'll be praying, and God will give you something, but often it just exposes something in your life that you've swallowed or you've taken on that is actually incorrect or not true. Or you've believed something that's not right. And that's happened to me before. I've been praying about something and God has just revealed some truth to me. He showed me something in my life where I thought, hang on a minute, I've been looking at that the wrong way. And now I can see it differently. Has anyone had that experience? This Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He reveals all truth to us. Amen? So it's held together with truth. Under his wings you shall take refuge. You know, the safety and the protection of God is over your life. It's a sure thing. I know that. It's true. But I do think we can take some shots needlessly. And this is why I believe um, Paul spoke the way he spoke and he said about the armour of God. Because otherwise, why would he be talking about the armour of God if we didn't have to understand these truths? They offer protection. But the protection... The covering comes from the faith, comes from our faith. Amen? Our faith, what in him? Amen? Amen. It's in him. It's not just some kind of airy-fairy thing. Um, but I just, I, I, the reason why I say this is because you know, I believe the Lord has led me in this direction this morning. Um, but you, we need to learn to stand our ground. Um, and we read earlier, above all else, stand. So when we talk about the armour, it is a defensive thing. We're not out there attacking as such. We're there. It's a defense. We need to learn to defend ourselves. It's really important. Sometimes you can, people can fall into like, you know, they think they're going into spiritual warfare, but really the reality is they don't know how to defend themselves. You see? Um, and we need to, you know, sometimes you can be fighting something when really the truth is that you've just, you've just taken on something that's not true. You just don't know what the Word of God says about it. And if we don't understand what this says about us and our present situation and our need or whatever it is and what God is saying to us, then we can fall for anything. And that's the truth. You can fall for something that's not true. Yeah? So we need to have truth in our hearts and we need to have truth in our lives. Um, You know, I, I do look back. I look back and I think, well, you know, if I hadn't, you know... Then, you know, when I was a new Christian, if I'd have known what I know now, I wouldn't have, you know, went through what I went through when I first got saved. Some things that I took on, and I, you know, I had different fears and hang ups about certain issues. Um, but it was a lack of spiritual knowledge, I like to say, you see. Um, and God wants us to be strong in Him, to stand in Him and in His truth. Um, and it's important, I think it's really important. Um, yeah, I do think there's an emphasis on this morning. I think it's a level of maturity that God takes us through. We grow in him, don't we? We grow in truth. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I've arrived or anything. I'm not, I've far arrived, you know. We, we've, we've been through loads of recently, you know, moving and everything, you know. And um, it's been, there's been quite a lot on my plate. Um, but we need to learn to, to stand in truth. We need to learn that, you know, our safety is in him. Our safety is in the Lord. And... He will protect me. He will protect me. And he will protect you as well. So I want you to think about your confession as well. What you confess with your mouth. What you agree with in your heart. 
Because what you agree with, you, you put your life in line with. You put your life in line with what you actually agree with. So make a conscious decision not to neglect the word of God. And, and the quick fix is just saying, oh, I need someone to pray. You know, if you need someone to pray, that's good. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is, though, if there's something that's come in that's contrary to what, the way God feels about you, you have the power to reject it or not. You have the power to take that thing out and go, no, that's not mine. That's what the armour of God is all about. I know that I'm righteous before God. That, that protects here. It protects me. Do you see what I'm saying? So we must learn. We must learn to, to reject things. And we must learn that, you know, that, that we have that ability to say, you know what, that's not true and this is true. It's, I know it's a simple message and I know it's a simple truth, but it, it's beneficial for your life. It's hugely beneficial. Because if you don't know how to defend yourself, then you could be in trouble. And your confession is a part of that. What you believe in your heart and what you confess with your mouth. That's important. Be careful what you agree with and what you say. Because you can, you know, you can make it, sometimes we can make it harder for ourselves than what it is. But God has provided that defense, amen, for us. That truth. That protection. So, um, I just feel like I just need to pray. I just want to pray for you all. Should we just pray? Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I just, I just pray for every person here, Lord, that, Lord God, that you would, you would ground us in truth, Lord, and our faith would be raised in you because you have supplied everything to us, Lord, in Jesus. Our salvation, our righteousness, you've, you've supplied a way of us to walk in light, truth, and in the light of your words, I just thank you for every soul here, Lord. I bless your holy name for what you've done this morning. In advance, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all.